very image. As we move from one brighter level of glory to another, and this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I read again. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Glory to his name. We're talking about beholding him as in a glass. I want to start by saying that our true identity is in Christ. Glory to God. Our true identity is in Christ. And that concept of being in Christ, that phrase in Christ, in Christ Jesus or in Christ, is an important concept that um, every believer must understand. And um, we must operate in a revelational knowledge of this present truth. It is something that every believer must seek to understand and be grounded in. Now, transformation is a progressive experience. And it is one in which we become more conformed outwardly to his image, even though we are exactly like him inwardly. I like to say that again. Transformation is a progressive experience in which we become more conformed outwardly to his image, even though we are exactly like him inwardly. How do we know this? First John chapter 4 and in verse 17 tells us so. He says, as he is, so are we in this world. Meaning that as the Lord Jesus is, we're exactly like him. But you see, on the outside, externally, or the things that are expressed in our everyday life, it may sometimes not appear as though... <laughs> We're like him, but the Bible tells us we're exactly like him. So transformation is that progressive experience in which we become conformed more and more outwardly to his image, even though we're exactly like him inwardly. So, so let's examine uh, what it means to behold. You know, in that Second Corinthians chapter three and verse eighteen. Says we all with open face are beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord. So, I, I what does it mean to, to behold? The Greek word for that word behold is kato, kato trizumai. And what that means is to mirror oneself. Or that is to see something reflected, like what we see in a mirror. What you know, and that's why it's interesting. It says 
It says, we all are beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord. It says, when you look in the glass, what you see is the glory of the Lord. <laughs> uh, the Bible is telling us that we are the glory of the Lord, just like he is the glory of God himself. And it says, we are being transformed from one level of glory unto another, even as by the Spirit of God. So that already ties in with what I said earlier about us being like him, but there's a progressive expression of that glory the more we behold him. Glory to God. The same thought is echoed and mirrored in the book of James chapter 1. Let's go there. James chapter 1, and we're going to be reading from verse 22 to 25. James chapter 1 and verse 22 to 25. I read. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. For whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Can you see that? The Bible says here that someone who is a doer of the word who hears the word and does the word. He said it's like a man that is beholding his face in a glass. He's beholding his face in a mirror, which means that the word is the reflection of who we are. The word epitomizes what we are and who we are in God. And whatever the word details as who we are is what we are. Glory to his name. You know, the Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. <laughs> Jesus was in the beginning. He is the word. Hallelujah. And James tells us that when we behold the word, we see ourselves. So what it means is that every time we see the word, every time we look at God's word and that the reflection of it comes to our consciousness. What it should remind us of or what it should bring to our consciousness is, is, the, is the fact that this is who we are. It is the fact that this is how we are. It is the fact that this is our character, our personality, and what we have the capacity or the capability to achieve. Glory to his name. So, so beholding, you know, involves one seeing himself. And it's, it's, it's really talking about a self-reflective image of oneself. Glory to God. You see, growth is really an organic process. You know, and when we're talking about organic processes, what do we mean by saying something is an organic process? You know, it can be defined as a, a sustained phenomenon or one marked by gradual changes 
through a series of states. That's what an organic process means. You see, most of the time, it doesn't appear initially. Most times, growth is not really apparent initially. But when we make an assessment based on a previous reference point in comparison with a more recent one, we realize growth actually has taken place. <laughs> you know, most of the time you, you, you have a child, you, you can't really see the child growing, but by the time you look back at the child, when the child was three months old, and you now check when the child is seven or eight months, you see clearly significant growth. But while that growth is taking place, it may not appear like anything is going on. And that's why I said it is based on an assessment. When you, when you assess a, from a previous reference point and you compare it with a more recent reference point for measurement, then you can say, ah, truly growth has taken place. It is actually some kind of metamorphosis. Growth is a transformative progress and transformative process that is progressive and, and uh, is subject to an increment in, in maturity or you getting better at something on a, on a consistent basis. In fact, that's the Greek word for, for change or, or transformation. Is the word metamorpho, which means to transfigure, to transform, or to change. So I, I'd just like to make a statement, and it may sound like what is Pastor saying this morning, but hear me out. You see, in Christ, there is no such thing as being self made. As a believer in Christ, you cannot, you cannot say you are self-made. Glory to God. There's no such thing as being self-made in Christ. Because in Christ, our personal development is all about growing into him in all things. Our development as, as individuals, as Christians, is actually all about growing into Christ in all things. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, you know, admonishes us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It says for us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, if you look at that, that verse of scripture, you know, um, just uh, on the surface or superficially, you think that what the Bible is saying is that if you grow in grace as one entity and then grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ as another entity or a second entity. But really what the Bible or what the scripture makes us understand in that place is that to grow in grace really is about growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, that word and there's that our famous word, Kai. 
you know, growing in grace means to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 9 also spells out something very important for us to take note of. He says it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Did you see that? He says it's a good thing that our heart be established with grace. So growth, therefore, or development or progression, therefore, does not take place by following religious injunctions or by following rules and regulations. No, because you will see in that Hebrews chapter 13 and in verse 9, you will see something he says there. He says, not with meats. <laughs> Glory to God. He says, you should, you, should grow, you should grow in grace or be established with grace, not with meats. Amen. You know, it says not with you following um, religious injunctions, not with you following, you know, practices that give a veneer or an appearance of, uh, of religiosity or religion, but deny the power thereof. Glory to his name. And I tell you this, this is a sure antidote to being carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. If you read that Hebrews 13 and verse 9, he started by saying, saying for us not to be carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. How did he say we will accomplish that? He says by growing in grace. And what does it mean to grow in grace? It means to grow in the knowledge of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The more of Jesus we know, the more of this person we know, the more of this personality we understand, the more of this power we come to understand, we begin to understand that it is not us that lives, but Christ that lives in us. And the life that we live, we live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself and died for us. Glory to God. And Apostle Paul, you know, was quite strong on this matter of strange doctrine. Apostle Paul was particularly hard on the, on the matter of wrong doctrine. You know, like the example we see in Galatians chapter 3 and in verse 1, when he was talking, he says, who had bewitched you? You know, he says, oh foolish Galatians, who had bewitched you? And he began to ask them a question. He said, he that uh, did miracles in your midst and walked the supernatural in your midst, did he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He further asked the question. He says, I mean, having begun in the spirit, do you expect or hope to be perfected in the flesh? You know, so you can see that there's always an emphasis on the concept of grace for the believer. The concept of understanding that, you know, in Christ, there's nothing that you accomplish by your own strength, by your own power, by your own energy. 
by our own intellect. It's always all about what Christ has done. It's always all about what Christ has perfected. Glory to his name. It's always all about what Christ has sealed and delivered to us by his redemptive work and his redemptive acts. Glory to Jesus. So, we are actually to grow into him in all things. That's what the Bible prescribes. It is in growing into him in all things that self-development takes place. That progressional development manifests in our lives. Ephesians chapter 4, you know, if you read from verse 17 all the way to verse 16, it, it says a little bit about it. Glory to God. You will see there that it talked about how the, the fivefold ministries was given to the body. For what purpose? It says for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. You know, it says for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. Glory to God. You know, and you know, you will see also if you read very intently, that in verse uh, 13 of that same Ephesians chapter 4, he says, until we all come to the unity of the faith. He says, until we come to a perfect man. A perfect man there is not, he's talking about a mature man. He, he, he describes it for that. He says, until we come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Glory to God, you know, is there's emphasis on is on the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Can you see that? It is a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And in verse 15, it casts it off. He says, We are growing into him in all things. We grow into him in all things. Glory to God. You see, the more we discover the resurrected Christ, the more we discover who we are in him. It is in our discovery of the resurrected Christ that we discover who we are. That's how you discover your potential. That's how you discover your giftings. That's what, how you discover your place in the kingdom. That's how you discover, you know, what plans and purposes that God wants for you. It's in the discovery of of the resurrected Christ, that some of those things become unfolded and unveiled to you. He says, we all, with open face, open face means revealed, we all revealed, are beholding the glory of God as in a mirror and are being changed, transformed from one level of glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. So therefore, the goal is really to seek to know Christ more and more progressively. On this our journey of self-discovery. The goal must always be about knowing Christ more. In this our journey of self-discovery. Paul put it this way. He says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death. We must see and conduct our lives in the light of the finished work of Christ. I'm telling you folks, we must see 
and conduct our lives in the light of the finished work of Christ. For this is where our victory lies. Amen? This is where our victory lies. This is where our progress lies. It is actually the foundation for us to continue to experience and partake of our rights and privileges in God. That's how we benefit. That's how everything that accrues to us in Christ becomes our own present day reality. Glory to God. This is how we partake in the overflow. You know, we've been talking a lot about the overflow because that's God's word to us for this year. That's how we partake in the overflow. See, I'm going to, I'm going to make a statement and I want you to take note of it. See, the overflow is not going to be a major event. As a matter of fact, the overflow will not be a major event. Rather, it will be the culmination of a series of process-driven events. Yeah. The overflow is not just going to be one Shazam or one big bang or one major breakthrough. That's not how it's going to work. The overflow is going to be the culmination of a series of process-driven events. The way to describe it is this. You know how you keep pouring water into a cup? You keep pouring water into a cup. You keep pouring water into a cup. What do you see after a while? You find out that the water starts to overflow. You cannot get an overflow except there is a continuous and progressive feeling. Glory to God. You keep pouring. You keep pouring. The growth is incremental. The development is incremental. The change is progressive. So what does that say to us? We have to give ourselves to progressive and incremental development and change. And that can only happen in God's presence. That can only happen in the place of the world. That can only happen when we continue in it, just like James said. He says, you know, you behold, you know, you continue in that perfect, perfect law of liberty. He says you do the work. Glory to God. There's a continual, continual beholding. There's a continual uh, appraisal and assessing of who we are in the light of who he is as evidenced by what the word of God says we are because the word says we're this and that as images of Christ. Glory to God. In, in 2 Corinthians 3 and in verse 18, he says, when we behold that glass, he says, we see the glory. <laughs> you are the glory of God. Glory to God. You are his glory. You are the epitome of his very essence. You are all that God is and you are the, the fineness of God's creation. But remember what we started with, that as we are right now, we are like Christ, but we have to progressively become more and more like it on the outside. Because inwardly we're already like it. You keep filling that cup with water and after a while it will overflow. 
glory to his name. As we behold, we experience transformation. And this transformation will produce glory. And that glory will increase from one level of glory to glory to glory to glory. And it's going to happen by the Spirit of God. I pray for us that in the name of Jesus, that may we, may we be enabled supernaturally by God to, to embrace this truth, to see the reality of who we are in the light of what the scriptures tell us. May we be willing by the enablement and the energy of the spirit of God to embrace his word, to meditate in his word, to focus on who the word says we are on a consistent basis so that we can amount to everything that God says we will amount to. Father, I thank you for this is the reality of every member of Kingswood Church. And we truly experience the overflow. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. I'd like to thank everyone for joining me this morning and listening in. I believe that we've been blessed by those words. Let's uh, go ahead today and enjoy a fantastic day. Bye-bye for now.